Welcome to The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. This is the show to help you navigate the challenging moods we all experience as human beings and where you will learn the best strategies to feel the good moods and good vibes we all love to feel. Because when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. This is The Good Mood Show. Now, here's your host, Matt O'Neill. Welcome to The Good Mood Show. I'm your host, Matt O'Neill, and be sure you hit the subscribe button so that you get a good mood every single week. Today, we are talking with one of my dear friends, Joe Cavanaugh. Joe and I have worked closely together for the past seven years, and Joe is a professional business coach, mentor, and trainer. Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. It's such an honor to be here with you. Man, it's an honor to be your friend. Uh, Likewise. We, uh, Joe and I have got a very uh, awesome friendship, and he, he's the type of guy that always shows up for you. Uh, any, anything that I need support on, him and his uh, wonderful wife, Cindy, are there, uh, and it's just awesome. It's awesome to have friends like that. Well, thank you for that, Matt. It's, it's great. Um, we love to give back in meaningful ways, and I don't know anybody who means more to me than you, I would say, because your integrity is there, your heart's there, and uh, you love to give back and help others as you can, and we feel the same way. Absolutely, and you guys live it. And, you know, Joe's a man that, like me, was not born happy. <laughs> and what you're going to learn from today's show is how to choose happy. And be sure to stick around to the end of the episode. Joe has an exercise that will help you choose happy in any moment when you're in public, like at a coffee shop or in a parking lot or even at... In traffic. In traffic, right? Yeah, so even in these frustrating, normal, frustrating times, uh, the end of the episode, Joe's gonna talk about a simple exercise that will help you choose happy even in the most frustrating moments. Uh, We've also got a free resource for you that uh, Joe and Cindy Cavanaugh have written. It is the five steps to happiness and peace. You can download a copy of that resource instantly at goodmoodshow.com by signing up for the newsletter or just reach out on our contact page and we'll send it to you. Um, Joe, you got a a beautiful life, man. And, um, you know, I just want to talk a little bit about how amazing this whole journey of your life has been. You're uh, happily married. You're a father of three. You have two stepsons, five grandchildren, and you've been in real estate for 35 years. You're an owner of Kavanaugh Appraisal Company, uh, and you're giving back. So after you've get, you've gained all this life experience, all this business experience, you now are a business coach, a mentor, a trainer. And I know that you help business people become more successful and to sustain that su- success. And I think it's really cool that you spent all this time learning how to be successful yourself. And then now you're pouring it into the next, the next group of people that are coming up. Yeah, Matt. I, and it's funny even listening to you say that now, because I never thought I would be one to do that. Um, the way my life was going, I just wanted to get through it in a lot of ways. Yeah, you, you know? know it's at the end, right? Yeah, and I was just hoping it could ap- end on a happy note somehow, or at least enjoy my retirement years, as they call it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's amazing that you, when you believe something, it it truly does come true, although not in the way you expect it to at all. 
So you were born in Ireland. I was. And you grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. I and did. there is a term that Joe says about his the younger version of himself. He called himself a masshole. And uh, and so, Joe, what, what was what was life like? What did that look like before you started to choose happy? Yeah, no, I wasn't the one that called me that, but a lot of other people <laughs> did. <laughs> Let's clarify that. Um, it, it, it's fascinating. And I just want to preface it, Matt, by saying that, um, yeah, uh, let's face it, I'm in my 60s. And I didn't really understand this or learn this until I reached my 60s. So maybe it's true that there's wisdom with age. But growing up, um, looking back on it, you know, Wayne Dyer said it well. He says, from the moment of conception, for the first nine months, you are perfect and you have everything you could possibly need. It's all right there for you. You don't have to do a thing. You just surrender and it's there. And then you're born and you come out and your parents and your family look and they say, oh my God, perfection. What a beautiful baby. God, this is a wonderful creation you made. We'll take it from here. <laughs> and then, okay, the first few years of your life, at least the way I felt it now, is, yeah, you can be yourself. You can do anything you want to do. Yeah. And you can be anybody you want to be. Yeah, a newborn baby is hungry and cries. Right. We have dependency at first. Yeah. But we learn that through love and nurturing, we feel that love and nurturing, and we want to share that with the world. Mm. And you get these big ideas of who you might want to be, how you want to solve the world problems. They just seem so simple. And then what happens? About six or seven years old, we start going to school. We start to interact socially. And to do that, you have to conform if you want other people to like you. And that's where I think things started to go down for me is I didn't necessarily like having to do what everybody else wanted to do. I wanted to be me and I thought everything was perfect. So when I wasn't liked, I think my way of fighting back internally, my ego took over and I just started to not like people. And I kept thinking, what's wrong with you? I'm right. You're all wrong. Yeah. And of course, that went develops over time and over years. And hence the term that we use up there frequently is that mass hole. Right. Yeah. And, and, it, and, you know, we've talked about this before. And just to clarify to the person listening, this idea of I'm right and others are wrong is a quality of the ego that wants to prove that my way is the right way. And, and it's doing so like the, the reason that I, I, you know, that will be insistent that my way is the right way is because we think if, if, if we're proved, if we're found out that our way is not the right way, that somehow we're diminished mm -hmm. and that we're not valuable. And so as, as a young child, until you were seven, you weren't really told that things were wrong. Everyone supported you. And, and if you made a mistake, it was okay. And everybody was finally was okay with it. And then when we cross that threshold, maybe it's, maybe it's six, maybe it's seven, maybe it's eight. People then start to say, well, hey, you're not wearing the right clothes. And then all of a sudden you start to feel wrong. Yes. And then you start to feel like you're not good enough. And then these worthiness issues start to come in play. And then we have to prove that we're right so that we are good enough and we are worthwhile and we are lovable. And that's, I watched this play out so obviously clear at a, at my children's talent shows 
it, elementary school talent show, my seven-year-old was with the second graders and below. So kindergarten to second grade. Didn't matter if the person who got up on the talent show was a very skilled dancer or a very skilled musician, everyone cheered them. Everyone celebrated and they were so proud they would bow. And then my other daughter is in the third to fifth grade group. Mm. And you could see in that group, it was the another night that if the kid was cool mm-hmm. and popular, the cheers were enormous, even if the performance wasn't great. And then if somebody was not considered cool, then they would even be jeered a little bit for being themselves and showing their talent off. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that happens to us where we all of a sudden start to conform to what we think others expect of us. Yeah. And to me, that's the definition of peer pressure. Yeah. It's right there. And everybody wants to be liked. And that makes you the cool person. So when the cool person's up there, yeah, everybody's going to cheer for them because they want to be liked by that cool person because that'll make them more liked. Yeah. Right. So that right. whole pressure comes in. And as you said, up until you're seven or so, it's okay to make mistakes. Totally. You're expected to make mistakes. You're learning. Yep. And then it all changes. Well, look at schooling, the system they have. It's testing. Yeah. Are you right or are you wrong? Right. It's not like good effort. Let's keep it up. How can we help you do better? Right. There's always winners and losers. Yes. There's always the person who gets the A and then the people that don't get the A. And some things started to bug you and you had to, you felt like you didn't fit in, you were saying. And then you started to come up with excuses. What was that about? Oh, wow. It's just like, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I had to be told where to go, when to be there, what I had to do. I relate that to, especially when I was working, uh, you had to punch a clock. You had to be here at this time. You had to go do this assignment. You can't go home until it's done. And I kept thinking, there's got to be more to this than that. I just, I I was having a lot of trouble with that. And um, to, as it turned out, it was scary at the time. But finally, when I was about 28, 29, I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't work for other people. I I don't want to be told what to do. It's just my personality type. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do things my way. Uh, The bad part was I didn't have what I would call now that maybe the spiritual guidance to know what the right way to go about it was. So I just kind of rebelled and I quit uh, punching the clock. And it was a scary moment because my wife and I at the time had just bought the house we wanted. We just had a baby. He was seven months old. And I quit my paying job. Wow. And we bought, now I was working for a trucking company and we loved to go camping on weekends. And through a few conversations, we decided to buy a campground. Wow. (laughs) You talk about a radical move. Yeah. Um, And didn't know anything about it, but we just thought, well, we'll learn. We started out with nothing. This could be a failure and we end up with nothing. But if you don't try, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's what ignited me a little bit was I realized we made a success of it. And I remember we used to have frequent talks and saying, you know, I don't want to be sitting in our rocking chair on the front porch when we retire and be saying, I wish I'd tried this, or I wish I'd tried that. 
or why didn't I do this or why didn't I do that? So we just decided to do it. Hey, if you love to stay in good moods as much as I do, be sure to hit the subscribe button on the Good Mood Show podcast. That way we could get you a good mood every single week. And look, if you know someone else that could use a good mood, share the show with them. Send them a text message. Let them know about the Good Mood Show and let's brighten up the world. So, so the ego, the, the ego is the, the part of us that, that is trying to prove that we're worthwhile. Yes. And it's that part of us that's edging God out. Yes. Because as we said, it's, it's what we have, what we own, what our possessions are, what we accomplish in life. Yeah. Our status. Yeah. That's who you are. To the ego. To the ego. Right. I've, uh, I've heard it described this way that, um, everything we've added to ourselves is ultimately meaningless. And our job, like uh, Michelangelo did with the David, he saw the piece of stone and his job was just to chip away everything that was not the David yes. so that the beauty that was under could be revealed. And that's us. So we, we grow and we add all this marble on top of us which is our accomplishments, our pride, our possessions. And we think that is adding to us. But our job, once we figure this out, is to start chipping away every aspect of the ego that we've added to reveal the beauty that was always there underneath. Exactly. And that's the thing. There is beauty in everything, if we can just stop and see this. And as I said, Cindy uh, gave me many sources to read and... Wayne Dyer just struck a chord with me. I instantly connected with him, fell in love with that man. And things he teaches, my daily mantra has become, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that's by Wayne Dyer. At least that's where I heard it from. And he takes words that are negative and turns them into a positive. And that's all it is. It's a shift, hence the movie. It's just a shift in your mental beliefs, or as my NLP coach called it, your BS system, <laughs> which is your belief system, yeah. BS. Yep. And for example, people say like, I'm going nowhere. Don't change any letters, but say it differently. I am now here. So be in the present. And that's where I was going wrong. I was always living for the future thinking things would get better. And I'll, I'll tell you the why why this is. And, and of course, this is the struggle of, of, of choosing happy is uh, we've got a brain and our brain has a job to keep us alive. That's it. That's it. Yep. It's the only job. Its job is not happiness, but it, the brain's like, oh, so I see what you want. You want to feel happy. So I'll con you into this thing. If you do these things for me that help you survive, I'll dangle this carrot out here of, of what I call happiness for you. And so it says, okay, you need to get a lot of money. Well, money is security. So that would help us survive. So the, our brain's like, hey, uh, get a lot of money. That'll help us survive. And I'll, then I'll let you be happy. And so we start chasing money and then we hit, we might even hit it. I remember I said, I want to earn a hundred thousand a year. Mm -hmm. 
and and then I'll be happy, right? If I could get to that status, well, then you get to a hundred thousand a year, and all of a sudden the goalpost just moves. moves. It's like, Picks hey, it oh yeah, but the such and such, these guys are making two hundred thousand a year. If you do that one, then you'll be happy. Well, guess what? You get there, and the goalpost moves again, or be happier. Yeah, you, you think right, and so so we we start doing all these things. Another thing is status or power. Like, hey, if people like knew who I was or respected me or looked up to me, then. I'd be happy. Will status and power improve survival and mating opportunities? So the brain is all these different things. So the the car you think you want, the house you think you want, the brand name clothes you think you want, all of this is your brain telling you that you will be happy if. And it is the huge con. It is a giant illusion. You can never be happy by doing this survival game, you can only be happy in the now. And that's how we choose happy. So that's your ego. That's the ego. And that's just a shift in perspective about the exact same event, which all of this, I'm talking, speaking from true experience. I had a big calamity in Q4 of last year and the ego was totally freaking out about it. Uh, we had four million in hard money loans and no way to pay it back. And the, and, and uh, what happened the ego was like, this is terrible. And then to the soul, there was massive awakenings that happened. So I, it was just a shift of saying, this is happening for me and not to me. Oh, I love that you said that. Yes, that's the other one is things happen for you, not to you. Um, I've had so many instances that where when you have that change of mindset, it just makes it so much easier to accept. And it eliminates a lot of the stress mm. in life. And uh, give me, I'll give you an example. Remember, um, well, you're familiar with this. About uh, coming up on two years ago now, I had a health scare. Totally out of the blue. Never expected that to happen. Right, it was your heart, right? My heart. And um, I'm, an, I'm an athlete. I eat well. I exercise all the time. And I'm not overweight. All that. And all of a sudden this pops up and I say, wow. And then I have to think about what's causing this. Yeah, but literal, so, so okay, going back, the ego wants you to survive. So, that, so an issue with your heart is a massive devastation to the mm -hmm. ego. Right. It's like this isn't this isn't happening. This isn't fair. There's going to be a lot of resistance to that. A lot of suffering thoughts. I was trying to blame external sources for it. Sure. And blame the ego never wants to take accountability or responsibility for anything. Correct. And then how how did how did um, an issue with your heart end up happening for you? OK, so we Cindy and I sat down and we said, OK, what is causing this? And we finally came to the conclusion that it was stress which as I've since researched and found out, stress is the root cause of about 85% of our health issues. Sure. And they always said it was a silent killer. I lived a stressful life. I was always on the go and I'm an ambitious guy, an entrepreneur looking for the next opportunity, taking risks, the whole thing. Yeah, Driving why, why, your stress. Why? So you know? going, back, going back to everything we started the show with, putting all that stress on yourself to prove you're worthwhile. Exactly. So it, it, this isn't the soul that's asking us to go be all stressed out so that we can accumulate more status, fame, money, and power. 
this is the ego trying to prove it's worthwhile. Yes. And so the heart was a wake-up call, most likely, I'm, I'm assuming, to saying, hey, that ego game of trying to be all stressed out so I can prove something is not serving you, so I'm going to give you a, a real wake-up call. Correct. And one other thing that just came to mind for me is I was fortunate enough a few years ago to go to India and spend some time there. Uh, Cindy and I went over at a group of people and we stayed at an ashram and we went to temples and we did um, chanting, mantras. And it's amazing learning another culture like that who thinks so different from us. And what really settled well with me on that whole thing was their outlook on life is pretty much opposite of what the West is, okay? In the West, we're human beings having a spiritual experience, okay? In the East, they are spiritual beings here for a human experience. Mm. And when I started looking at things that way, changing the way you look at things, again, coming back to my mantra, it just gave me so much peace that I stopped getting upset over a lot of things. And a clean example of that is road rage. Yeah. I was that guy. <laughs> the, you, mass, the mass hole the mass on the hole. road. Get out of my way. Not you Charleston, know? man. Charleston, oh, we're so laid back on the road. Yeah, well, you know, they're in the left lane. And they're I in can't no believe they're going slow in the left <laughs> lane. Don't you, this is a fast lane, dude. So I'm zipping over to the right, zipping back to the left. Oh, and, yeah, you're and, that guy. Oh, I'm, I was that guy. Yeah. And then um, through a lot of help and conversations with Cindy and things like that, um, she said something one day that really struck me funny at the time, but it's a a great Southern saying, when a guy cut me off and, you know, I was about to give my typical response, she goes, bless his heart. He may be in a rush to get to the hospital. Maybe somebody's dying or he's about to have a baby and he's trying to get there. So cut him some slack, you know, and I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> that guy just cut me off. So stop worrying about that. Yeah. And there's another great but book. He, but he wasn't right. Cutting you off the way he cut you off. And this is going back to what we started the show with too. You're, you're right. You're driving the correct way and him cutting you off. He was wrong and you needed to then show him, I'm going to, I'm going to drive real close to you. I'm going to come back around you. I might flip cut you off, him off so I can show you that I'm right and you're wrong. And you need to, you need to be right. Yeah. You need to be like me. And again, that's going back to my belief of I'm right. The world's wrong. Yes. And the root of our suffering. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting because now I don't get upset over that. Yeah, but it's, it's choosing peace. It's it, literally, you're making a choice in this moment. This person has cut you off. Yes. And you now have a decision. You have an, a, a moment between the response we're going to give and the ego has a response. It wants to say, hey, I need to prove something here, mm -hmm. but we don't have to act. It's this moment between stimulus, I got cut off feeling the urge to respond in the ego way and then making a choice that is responding in the peaceful way. And so we start, I started, I had road rage as well. I grew up with it. Uh, we used to drive 90 miles an hour in the left lane and I'd like fly up on somebody and I'd be like two inches from their bumper until they moved over. I'd be flashing my brights, right? I was doing all that Same stuff, right? Here. Yep. I, I, would, I actually got out of my car to fight a few people. And, um, and anyway, uh, I started by replacing because I, I heard the same thing. I heard the, I, it was a wake up. Somebody said, Hey, maybe they're on their way to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I would feel the urge to have road rage, somebody driving like a 
uh, an idiot, right? That might be my word for them. In your then. opinion, mm-hmm. again, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I started to take a, an action of imagining a different story than my ego wanted to say. And then eventually, uh, it became a habitual way of responding. And eventually, I just became second nature, and I no longer had to suffer from this this decision point. But it t- it takes a, a habitual new way of being. I had to break the habit because there's, if when you get angry, chemicals flood your body too. Adrenaline. And um, all of a sudden you have all this power and you feel really like empowered. This anger can, can feel addictive. And so you have to break that addictive habit. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's easy. No. I still struggle with it a little bit once in a while. Mm-hmm. My goal when I go out every day, and I, it's interesting, we never leave the area, but I probably average 50 miles a day of driving. Sure. And my goal every day is to get through that day without having a bad thought about another driver. <laughs> and you know what? It's always those days where I, okay, I'm all set. I'm going to get through this day, and I don't even get out of my neighborhood and somebody does something. Uh-huh. And like, okay, this is a test. This is a test. So be aware. Be present. Because as we know, we're supposed to be present. So um, I want to I want to talk about listening. And one of the quotes that that you love to talk about is how we were born with two ears and one mouth. Yes. Would you mind going into why listening is so key to happiness? Yeah, because well, people want to be heard, and they want to be seen, and they want to be understood. So by listening to them, I mean, really listening to them, people get that and they start to feel better. And of course, the whole show here is about how to be happy, how to make others feel better, not just yourself. Honestly, I think it starts by making others feel better because when they feel better, you feel better. It's that old saying, uh, a rising sea uh, raises all ships, right? So elevate everybody, bring them up a little bit. So- I don't know how many times I'm walking through a parking lot, walking through a store, walking anywhere down the street. And you notice people see you from afar. And when they get close, they look away or they look down. Yeah. What's so interesting on the ground that's more interesting than me is initial thought you could have, right? Yeah. So I decided to do something about that. And I would just say, hello. And they'd look and like, you're talking to me, <laughs> some people, right? Yeah. I said, how are you today? And now they might answer good. And if they ask back, I always say, I am wonderful. I like that word. I do too. And I've had people like at the checkout, they'll ask you, how are you today? And, you know, they just say it robotically. Yeah. And they'll say, how are you today? So I am wonderful. I just couldn't feel better right now. And sometimes they look up at you and they say, what are you taking? I want some of that. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And like, it's just a choice. It's a choice. Yeah. So so we get to ask this mundane question. I love to say I'm I'm magnificent. There you go. Or I'm I'm fabulous. I'm I'm super fantastic today. In fact, I'm stupendous. Yes. Yeah. Splendid. I'm feeling splendid. And I will tell people, I've had them say, why do you feel that way? I said, well, What's the other option? I've chosen it. Feel it miserable? Yeah. When you get up every day, as we said, you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Happiness is a choice. Right. So I could be happy or I could be miserable. I choose happy. I love this concept that now is is heaven. Can I 
And can I give you a, a quick example that just came to me of yeah. just just be happy? When I first met Cindy, she has relatives in another state, and she said, let's go out there for Thanksgiving. I said, okay, sure. It's a five, uh, seven-hour drive. And I said, well, when are we going to leave? I'm thinking you got to leave by Tuesday to beat the traffic. She goes, we'll go Wednesday afternoon. And I'm thinking, are you nuts? We'll be sitting in traffic. And she said, well, that's more time we get to spend together. Aww. I mean, it's just the way you look at things, right? right? And then we ended up getting stopped on the highway. I mean, complete stop. It was a beautiful day, thankfully. So we had the windows down and somebody said a truck turned over up ahead. We're going to be a while. So people are all upset in cars around us. What does she do? She takes out her bubbles. She has these little bubble packets and she starts blowing bubbles out the window. And they drift over to this other car and they're going in their window. And all of a sudden, the girls are starting to laugh in the other car. They're going, oh, my God, that's great. Can we have some of those? Next thing you know, we got a bubble party going on. In, stuck in traffic. Stuck in traffic. Now, how you and I, we'd be so mad and frustrated. Oh, my uh, God. This shouldn't be, a, be happening. Yeah. Why didn't I get off at that last exit this and go around? This shouldn't be happening. I'm <laughs> resisting what is. So all of our suffering actually comes from our resistance to reality. But it's our uh, mindset. But our, our, the reality can be heaven. In this moment, uh, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. That's right. He also said the path to heaven is to be like a child. And then going back to what we were talking about, these beautiful, innocent children that hadn't added on all the ego, which is all this suffering of how things should be and how things shouldn't be and why my way is right. If we just accepted this moment as perfect, that God created this moment perfectly, and it's exactly how it's meant to be then we would be happy in this moment. And I, I love to think about eternity. It's one of my favorite thoughts. And I, I know that our souls are eternal, but this present moment is also eternal because we can't leave it. So eternity exists right now. I love that concept. That's fascinating. And in the West, we're raised to say, well, this isn't eternity. This is a, uh, a prep for eternity. We're prepping. We're it's just test. We're te we're being tested to see if we're good enough to get to eternity. Well, well, when when does the present moment end? It doesn't. It never ends. Exactly. Yes. And I mean that's that's it in a nutshell right there. So the only the only moment we could be happy and the only day we could ever be happy is today. We can't be happy yesterday because yesterday's gone and in fact doesn't even exist. And we can't be happy tomorrow because tomorrow has never happened and we'll never even see it because we can't live in tomorrow. We can only live in today. And so this is, the ego can only exist in thoughts of the past and thoughts of the future. The ego can never actually get present. So as we are stuck ruminating over something that happened or something that somebody said to us in the past or some unfair experience and we're like trying to make sense of it. That's edging God out with ego. Or as we're worrying about what's going to happen in the future or how things will go wrong, where we've left the eternal present moment and we've edged God out by worrying about the future. So we bring God back into our life by being fully present. And I wanted to take us to our exercise where when we're out at the DMV or we're stuck in traffic, you had said um, that we can start to make eye contact with others. Yeah, uh, Cindy says this often. Um, when you look into someone's eyes, 
and they allow you to look into them. You're actually looking into this soul. You make that deep connection. So eye contact is so important to make connection with people. And it's simple things that you can do. Like I talked about in the shopping uh, parking lot. Okay. Somebody's walking, they're looking down, looking away or whatever. Just, just say hi and see if they look back. Now, sometimes people got a lot of thought in their mind. They could be on the phone with their earbuds. So you don't interrupt, be respectful of them, but um, just look at them and say hi. And you'd be surprised how many people look up and answer you and then give them a compliment and it'll put a smile on their face. Now, if that happened to you, wouldn't that lift your spirits even a little? A lot. A lot. Yeah. I love it when a stranger compliments me on something. Yeah, exactly. And I also had the opposite happen. Uh, and I'll, I've never forgotten it. I was walking into a store and this crotchety old lady, I say she's crotchety. I don't know who, I don't know her, but she walked by me and she said, you've got a terrible look on your face. <laughs> and she just kept walking. I've never forgotten that. She, she spread the anti-happiness on me. Mm. Now, if I'd walked by that same, maybe I did have it. Maybe I had a worried or frustrated or whatever look at my face. What if I'd walked by her and instead of like putting me down, she had said, oh my, you're such a nice young gentleman or something like that, right? There you go. Holy maybe I would have smiled. Whole different attitude. And yeah. she may have actually gotten what she was after. But what we give, we also receive. So when we give a smile... Even even though we're trying to, like, we're giving a smile, but we're receiving it because we're the ones who've smiled. Absolutely. When we give a compliment, we're also the ones who receive that compliment because it lights us up as we light other people up. Yeah. And the other thing is people want to be heard and understood and listened to. So one thing I learned is to truly listen to relate, not just to answer. I know growing up in the Northeast, that seems to be the culture is like, I'll ask you a question and you're halfway through your answer. And I'm already thinking the next question to ask you. I'm not listening to you. But if you take time and really, really listen to people, all of a sudden they light up and they feel important. And as, as we make somebody feel really good by listening to them, feeling them, they're being seen. It may be the first time that they've been seen all day. Exactly. They're, we're acknowledging their presence. We're loving them with our heart wide open. This stranger, all of a sudden, our heart is wide open. Yes. And maybe we were lost in our thoughts, but then coming back to this present moment with whoever's in front of us, if it's at the DMV or if it's in a parking lot, we're back in the gift. We're back today. And then that's how we can choose happy is getting present with whoever is with us. They're supposed to be with us in this moment. Yeah. And that's the third and final one I can think of as happiness is a choice. So make it your choice. And as I said a couple of times, I believe when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change per Wayne Dyer. And that has changed my whole outlook on life. And I've gone, I believe, and people that have known me have said this, the change has happened. I've gone from that mass hole to a happy guy. And People say that I just brighten things up when they see me. So, boy, to me, that's a that's one of the best compliments you can receive. Well, you're happy and, and lit up anyway. And so you're already, you've already gotten the reward. Well, remember, I wasn't always that way. But now. But it's never too late. 
Right. I learned yeah. it in my 60s. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. So 60 years. And it's not that you didn't have joy. It's just that we're, we were caught up in those ego games. It, yeah. took, it, took me, it took me into my late 30s. And, I mean, that's a lot of years. It is. A lot of years of striving and achieving and thinking that I was going to get to the happiness at the end of the rainbow that was never coming. And thankfully, by the grace of God, I started to get some teachings like we're talking about here and started to like wake up from the trance. Yeah, I think that's a big change in the world over the years is now we have access to everything instantly. And when I grew up, it wasn't so readily available. Mm -hmm. I'm not making excuses, just saying different culture, different time. And well, those books existed. They did. They, I just they, didn't know they, where to they go. They were for there. Them. You're, you, they weren't right for you at the time. Correct. There was more. There were things for you to learn. The student wasn't ready. Yeah. As we say, when the student's ready, the teacher shows up. So, uh, Joe, this has been lovely, and and you and Cindy have got a free gift to offer if you if you want the five steps to happiness and peace. Go to goodmoodshow.com and sign up for the newsletter, and you'll download that. Uh, PDF instantly, or reach out to me on the contact page and I'll send you a copy by email. Um, and Joe, I'm sure there's people listening that would love to learn more from you. How, how could people get in touch and continue to learn with you? Yeah, the quickest way, uh, two ways, you can reach out by emailing us and that's at cnjcoaching at gmail.com. C and, so C-A-N-D-J. Correct. Coaching at gmail.com. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, the other way, you can call me on my mobile number. I answer it anytime I can. And if not, I'll get right back to you. That's 843-345-8506. And and this would be people who wanted to reach out, maybe to buy a home because you're the happiest realtor in Charleston. Uh, or sell their home, but but really about um, business coaching and coaching professionals that, that want to have more success and sustain it and maybe even have a little more happiness. Absolutely. We mix it all in with it. Um, I've been blessed to have a, learned a lot over the years. I've gained a ton of experience and a ton of expertise through all my businesses. And I feel it's time to give back, pay it forward, help those that are starting out or maybe already running their business, but might be struggling a little bit, could use a little help. Yeah. And, and you and Cindy have been named like the power team trainers. Yes. Uh, you, have, uh, you, you, you present really, really well and you coach people really, really well. And you guys are receiving awards for how proficient you are at it. Yeah. I was so blessed for that. Um, we get a ton of feedback every time and everybody likes the diversity that we have in it. And I work with a group of people and it's interesting. We call ourselves team excellence. And there's about 12, 10 or 12 of us at any one time in the group, and we work together. And so we pool all our expertise and experience. And the feedback we get from people, is it's, it, it'll bring you to tears. Mm. Uh, it's just so great to make such a difference in people's lives. I just love it. And I know that's why you're doing it. Absolutely. That's no other reason. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today, and I'm happier already. Well, thank you, Matt. And it truly has been an honor to be here with you and a, a person of, that I have in such high esteem. And uh, I'm just going to publicly say I love you, man. Oh, I love you too, Joe. Thanks. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Good Mood Show with Matt O'Neill. 
for free resources, videos, and materials about getting into your best moods, head over to thegoodmoodshow.com. And remember, when you feel like your best self, you are your best self. See you next week. Same time, same place.